It's time now for the complete story, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bot, with today's complete story. Uh, man alive, Rich, uh, we are deep into the summer months now, aren't we? Yeah, it's right in the middle of the summer, that's and, for sure. Uh, I think I saw just a few minutes ago that this is the hottest June and I don't know how many years. I don't know if it's a record or Almost not. Almost feels like July. <laughs> well, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is July. But it was the hottest June, I think, was what they said. The point is, it's during the summer months when families get together. And families get together to really find out who they are once again. To go back to their roots and to see each other. And the cousins and the aunts and the uncles and the grandparents and the little ones and everything like that. And, of course, everybody, you know, they've had problems. And some of them have been very sick. Some of them have been in an accident. Some of them have lost a member of their family. And I'll tell you, life can be, uh, I was going to say a struggle, and it is. But life is what it is, and it's how we care about each other. It makes such a big difference, isn't it? Right, and summertime is oftentimes when families get together for a big reunion. We knew a family that had a huge reunion. Uh, many, many. There was like uh, the twins married twins, and then generation after generation, all kinds of cousins, and they would yeah. get together every summer. All right. Now, uh, ultimately, folks, listen now. Whatever your situation is, whatever you've gone through, and whatever you're going through, Here's a song I want to open the program with, and I believe it will be a blessing to you. So just listen with us. Here it is. He's the That's the ultimate place to go, to the Lord Jesus Christ, because he will heal their broken heart, and he understands, and he loves us most. Doesn't that really, isn't that the, the story, the message? Oh, yeah, that's right. Let's move on now, because if we go back to the Old Testament, and in just a moment, folks, I'm going to introduce a message by Dr. Erwin Lutzer that I heard a couple of three weeks ago, and I thought, wow. But anyway, if you go back to the Old Testament, it covers the waterfront, doesn't it? And you remember the story of Joseph, how he was tormented by his brothers and kicked around and so on and so forth. And you know the story. And then 
Of course, Potiphar's wife, well, then she tried to get him into big trouble, and uh, there was a lot of temptation and everything like that. But Carol Robertson wrote a song, and he sings a song about that, and I think it'll be really good to use this song, and it'll just be good right before Dr. Irwin Luther's message. It does tell the story, and it's right out of the Old Testament. So here it is. When Joseph got around old Potiphar's wife She wanted him to sleep with her and stay all night Just when the devil thought he had won Joseph left his coat and he started to run He had to run, had to run. He had to run, had to run He had to run and get away from there He had to run, had to run He had to run, had to run He had to run and get away from there Temptation's been a problem since a long, long ago The devil knows your weakness and he knows where to go But I belong to Jesus and I'm not going down I can't stay where the devil's around I gotta run, I gotta run I gotta run and get away from there I gotta run, I gotta run I gotta run and get away from there the Bible says the devil is a roaring lion He's looking for people that he can devour But if we will resist him, he has to flee I'm not gonna let him get a hold of me I gotta run, I gotta run I gotta run and get away from there I gotta run, I gotta run I gotta run and get away from there Every time I get around the devil's crowd I'm drinking and I'm smoking and I'm cussing out loud When they start to tell some dirty joke I can't hang around, I've got to go I gotta run, I gotta run I gotta run and get away from there I gotta run, I gotta run I gotta run and get away from there I gotta run, I gotta run, I gotta run and get away from there. You see, I think it was the last week now that we had Carol Robertson on as our guest, and we used a lot of his music. And our listener comment line was just full of people that said, Who is he? I love that music and everything. Here he is in Ripley, Mississippi, a little town south of Memphis, and he lives on the land that his grandfather had. I enjoyed that program so very much. But wasn't that song that really hit it exactly what it is, what, were, what it's like today? Well, that's right. And that's what's so neat about the Bible is that it doesn't sugarcoat the sin and the frailties of man. Yeah. But there's always the forgiveness in Jesus. Now, listen, folks. You could probably find a church where they just kind of sugarcoat everything or they just kind of sidestep it and they just kind of walk around it or they don't mention it or maybe they even affirm it and say it's perfectly okay. So when I heard Dr. Erwin Luther preach this message, I really was taken to it. I thought, wow, that's a message I want to feature on The Complete Story. Um, because um, Dr. Erwin Lutzer, I mean, he's the pastor. Was he not the pastor for more than 30 years of Moody Church in Chicago, right? Yes. And we carry his daily broadcast all the time. Running to win. And the first time I really 
was attached deeply to Dr. Luther. I heard him preach and speak, that's a better word, to a group of ministers somewhere in rural Kansas. I forget what the issue was at that time. And there was a group of ministers, maybe 50 or 60 in that little town in rural Kansas. And they had asked Dr. Erwin Lutzer if he would come and speak to them as pastors. And I was just really taken by the strength of his message. So um, the broadcast people here on Bot Radio Network every day is running to win, isn't it? If you think about that, you're running, but you're running to win. So here is Dr. Erwin Lutzer, and the message is entitled, Lies We Love. Ooh, let's listen. Let me give you a fourth rationalization that's used. The fourth one is simply this. Because God understands me, he overlooks my indiscretions and my sins. I mean, after all, God knows that we are weak. The scripture says he knows that we are dust. He knows that he created me that way. He knows I've tried to change. He knows I'm entitled to happiness. He really knows me well, and, and he knows how weak I am. I want you to notice the words of the Apostle Paul very carefully, because Paul repeatedly talks about self-deception. And every time that I can think of that he does it, he's talking about this realm of sexuality. This is Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3. But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather giving thanks. For this you can be sure. You ever wondered and say, you know, life is so unsure. Give us something sure. All right, here's something sure. That no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such man is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. Television is filled with empty words and deceptions filled with empty words about fulfillment, filled with empty words about thinking that you can control the consequences of your disobedience. The man responsible for MTV said that when it comes to young people, we don't talk logic, we don't talk reason. All that we try to do is to stir up their desires. And then everything flows from there, filled with empty deceitful words. So people say, well, you know, because God understands me and, you know, he's gracious, he overlooks my indiscretions. Well, did you hear the passage of scripture I just read? Of course God forgives us. We'll be talking about that in a few moments. But the simple fact is God's not in heaven saying, well, you know, I understand you, therefore it's okay. Let me give you a fifth lie that we like to believe. The fifth lie is that we're locked into our lifestyle. We're locked into it. After all, I was born that way. After all, someone seduced me, and therefore you know that everybody who is seduced and everyone who goes into sexuality ends up uh, being immoral. Parenthetically, the next message in this series is certainly one of the most important in the entire series because I'm going to talk about soul ties. 
soul ties, what that means to be tied to a person, what the implications are and how to break those soul ties. Because some of you are in relationships you know right well are wrong, but you can't get out. That person seems to have power over you. And we're going to be talking about that in the next message. But there are some people who say to themselves, you know, there's no way out of my lifestyle. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul says that homosexuals and idolaters and drunkards and, and these people, he says again, will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. And then he says, but such were some of you, but you're washed, you're sanctified, you're justified. There is a way out. There is a way out. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, there is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. I like the NIV at this point. The quotation I gave is from the King James, which I memorized many years ago, but the NIV, which I read last night, says, there is no temptation that has seized you. We all think that when it comes to sexuality that there's a kind of inevitability about it. And the answer to that is no. There's no temptation that has seized you, but that it is common to man. There are other people who endured it and said no successfully. You have a boyfriend who's trying to pressure you to go to bed with him. First of all, take that fish, would you please, and throw him back into the lake. That would be a good thing to do. But God is saying that that's a temptation that other people have faced successfully. You can say no. You can run from him. You can enlist the help of friends to make sure that he stays away. There is an answer. You say to yourself, oh, I'm growing up as a teenager and suddenly I have these desires toward the same sex. I must be weird. Nobody has ever endured this before. I'm different. The Bible says there is no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. There are people who have had those feelings, who have overcome those feelings because they've chosen to go in a different direction. And your experience is common to humanity. And if you say, I'm locked into my lifestyle, there's no way for me to get out. If that's what you're saying, the scripture would say here that you are calling into question the very faithfulness of God because God says... He is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape. Most people who think that they are locked into a certain lifestyle, whatever that lifestyle may be, have such an experience. First of all, because of incomplete repentance. They do not, they leave bridges to their past life. They aren't willing to take care of the whole thing. And as a result of that, they are locked. You've heard me say before that uh, if you're going to jump across a chasm, it is much better to do it in one long jump than in two short ones. <laughs> and when it comes to sin, it is much better to, to do it upright, you know, to really take care of it. So oftentimes it's incomplete repentance. The other thing is it is trying to deal with your sin alone when God says that the body of Jesus Christ has to be enlisted to help you. We talked about that last time. There is such a thing as healing in the presence of God, but there's also healing in relationship to one another that must be taken care of, and that is taken care of through honest confession and openness. That's why the message on shame was so important. But it's a lie to say we're locked into this and things can't be different. You can stop living with your boyfriend. 
You can stop thinking to yourself that your lifestyle has this inevitability connected with it. There is a God in heaven who can help you. Now let me say this, that in the Christian life there's plenty of room for failure. Plenty of room for failure. But there is no room for this notion that failure has to be the pattern of my whole life. We all fail, but we can be forgiven and we can be restored. Now, what do we say about these five lies that we have so hurriedly listed? What do we say about them? First of all, let me say that uh, truth sets us free. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. But truth is costly. Even as I've been speaking today, there are some of you who are saying, okay, I hear what he's saying, but there's no way that my life can become truthful because if it became truthful, why then indeed the cost would be too high. The cost of shame, the cost of a relationship, it must remain hidden. About a month and a half ago, I was speaking at Promise Keepers up in Minneapolis. And here you have about 12,000 men in a coliseum there. What an opportunity for us who have the privilege of speaking. The next morning, during the worship time, the song leader began to talk about men who are committing adultery and in effect invited men to come forward who were doing that. First of all, one man came forward, two men came forward, and then you end up with 250 to 300 men all standing there weeping. Wow. You know, as we think about that, we think, well, you know, that's exactly like men, isn't it? They are so immoral. Well, I began to think about that. 250 to 300 men committing adultery, and of course there may be others in the stands who didn't go forward, but I began to think to myself, well, you know what that also means? 250 to 300 women who are immoral too. This cuts both ways, doesn't it? But then I began to think to myself, what about these men? What do they do? Do they go home that evening and say to their wives, guess what? That may not always be the best first step. It would be much better for them to go and to confess to their pastor who could then become an agent of reconciliation in this process because many marriages are not able to withstand the strain if you're trying to work these things out alone. But yes, the answer is yes. Eventually, there has to be a clearing of the conscience. You just can't live in total freedom as long as there's something in your relationship that is just there and it's there. Moment by moment, you've confessed it to God, but you know that you have wronged someone else and so it's there in your mind and it, and it works on your mind and your conscience and you want to worship God. You want to go to church and really sing those hymns. But even as you sing, it's there. Wow. So there are some people to whom I'm speaking who say, you know, the truth is going to be very costly. Yes, it is costly. But I want you to know today that it is the truth that sets us free. So that's the next thing that I want to say. The truth is costly, but secondly, the truth heals, heals. It heals. Because there are some of you to whom I speak in whom there is darkness. It's darkness that has been shielded. Maybe even you think you're shielding it from God, but it certainly has been shielded from others. And you think to yourself, well, I just can't, I can't bear it. I can't go through it. I, I can't, I can't even think 
about leaving what I'm doing. But it is the truth that does set people free. And the title of this series of messages is, of course, Restoring the Soul. And what we want is restoration. We want the defilement to be gone. We want people who are restored. I speak to some of you who are living together unmarried. You've rationalized it. You've explained it away. You think this is a beautiful relationship. Well, explain all that to God, would you? And then there are those of you who may be in adulterous relationships. It would be surprising indeed if there were not many even who are listening today who are involved in that. There may be some of you who are into pornography and you say to yourself, there's no way out of this pit. And it is a pit. What a pit that digs itself deeper. The only way out is truth. Truth before God, yes, but also truth to those whom you trust to finally come out of hiding. The basement with all of its uh, bugs and uh, cobwebs and dank smell will never be cleaned until the sunlight is allowed to go in. And of course, there are some people who do not change when they see the light. There are some people who will only change when they feel the heat. And that's what we pray for, that the blessed Holy Spirit of God will turn up the, turn up the burner so that we might be willing to do whatever God asks us to do to be fully right with God and with others. This past summer, a couple whom Rebecca and I have known for many years and who live in another state asked to have breakfast with us. Over breakfast, they shared, they shared betrayal. The man was involved with someone else, and this came to the attention of the wife, who suspected it but did not want to believe it. You know, there are women who live with that. They say, I suspect it, but even if it's happening, they, they don't really want to know it because they say to themselves, I can't deal with all of the implications. So let's pretend that everything is fine. That's the way things were in this marriage. Fine marriage otherwise with some lovely children who are serving the Lord with fervency. And so the man began to share and the wife began to share and they began to weep and they began to tell us the story, the story of forgiveness, a story of reconciliation, and may I say in the process a story of healing because we are interested in the restoration of the soul. And it costs to be restored. It costs Christ. It costs us. A couple of weeks later, we received a lovely note from them. It was an unexpected note. And they talked about how providential it was that they had the opportunity to speak with us and how how just sharing their experience and we praying for them took them one more step further along the path of restoration. The lies had to go stripped away so that restoring could begin. Would you join me as we pray? Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that you'll overcome all the resistance that there may be to this message. All the people who came here today, 
thinking that this would just be another nice Sunday of worship and they could go back home and now suddenly find themselves confronted with truth that has been made real to them by the blessed Holy Spirit of God and now wondering, now what do I do? Father, grant your people, O God, to do the right thing. Overcome the lies that have been so carefully crafted, the lies that have been believed and trusted and reaffirmed. Show us, Lord, our great need. We all, Father, recognize our sins, but we also recognize your forgiveness and your healing. So I'm going to ask you now, what is there in your life that you need to deal with? You just talk to God for a minute, would you? In silence, you talk to him. Tell him. Tell him what you need to do. Father, by your blessed Holy Spirit, grant grace upon grace. Help us to remember that where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Pour grace into the lives of all who have heard this message, we pray. And bring a resolution and forgiveness and commitment and restoration. Oh, God, we are so needy. Do that, Father, we pray. And I pray for those who have never trusted Christ as Savior. Help them to understand that Jesus died for sinners. And may they accept Christ as their sin-bearer, we pray, that they might be connected with you, reconciled to you, and then, Lord, reconciled to others. Now grant, O God, thy blessing and thy divine intervention and help in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, amen, Rich. Uh, that was Dr. Erwin Lutzer. For more than 30 years, he pastored the famous Moody Church in Chicago. And now he uh, is the host of the Running to Win radio broadcast on Bot Radio uh, Network. Now listen, Rich, uh, in, in line with that sermon we just heard, I want to hear from Justin, one of our listeners who called our listener comment line last week. Here it is. Yes, my name is Justin, and since my conversion... I instantly went to the radio to find a, a Christian broadcast station and went through a couple of them. And whenever I found Bot Radio, to hear the preaching of God, really, it, it was the meat and potatoes that I was needing. Uh, I really like David Jeremiah and Paul Blair. So keep up the good work, and thank you. And I'll be praying for those who listen and call. Amen. Rich, what is that comment line? Our listener comment line is 1-800-345-2621. 1-800-345-2621. All right, and you know, we got to get out of here. Our time goes by so quickly. This is Dick Bott with my son, Rich, on this chapter, The Complete Story, as a public service. I'll see you later. Mm-hmm.